I hate snakes. <laughs> Anybody with me in that? Oh, man. I hate snakes. A couple years ago, after my family moved to Florida, we discovered there are snakes here. <laughs> Nobody told us that before we moved here. We started seeing snakes all across the yard and the backyard and the bushes. And then a few months ago, there was a snake in the driveway. And uh, it was pretty big. It was about 14 inches. And um, <laughs> it was a problem. So I, I did what any man would do who's a man. I took all my family, I locked them in the innermost room of the house. I called the National Guard and I got me a shovel. And I went out there to the driveway with my shovel and I hit that thing about 50 times. This is a true story. I hit it so many times, I chipped my driveway. And then I took it and I mounted it. It's above my fireplace. Uh, Y'all can come over and see it later today if you want. I'm so proud of the way I took care of business with that snake. But I, I hate snakes. And I, I know I'm not the only one of whom that is true. In fact, I just read an article this week. This just happened a few days ago in South Africa. A pilot by the name of Rudolf Erasmus flying a private plane with four passengers in the back. He was uh, on a flight to Pretoria, South Africa, when all of a sudden he felt this cold sensation moving down his back. And he thought that maybe his water bottle had tipped over and there was some water running down his back. And so he turns and looks and what he finds is a Cape Cobra slithering down the back of his seat and it eventually goes under his seat there in the cockpit. Now a Cape Cobra has a venom so lethal that it can kill a human being inside of 30 minutes. And so the pilot, radios in, says they have an emergency, informs the passengers they're going to have to make an emergency landing, which they did. They turned the plane around. He lands because if someone had been bitten by that cobra, they would have needed immediate medical attention. And, and so they get everyone safely off of the plane. People go in to find the snake. Here's the worst part of the story. They never found the snake. True story. Never found it. You can go and read. I read an article on the BBC. They never found the snake. And uh, I know most of you are like me, you hate snakes. I hate snakes. And in fact, as you look back over the course of human history, there, there's just kind of always been this thing between humans and snakes. We don't get along, right? Like we just don't get along. And some of the reason for this is because we've, we've had as human beings some uh, rather treacherous interactions with snakes over the years. <laughs> I think of Israel, going all the way back in Israel's history to the time when Moses was leading them. You, you may recognize Moses, one of the central figures in Israel's history. He's the one that looks a lot like Charlton Heston. I don't know if uh, you know that Moses. And that Moses led 
Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Israel had been held captive within Egypt for hundreds of years and Moses led them out miraculously. And now they're, they're, they're in the wilderness. They're, they're, they're walking through the wilderness as a nation and they're, they're, they're waiting for the establishment of a land that will be their own. And while they're on this journey, there's this there's this moment in time when they began to grumble and complain against Moses and against God. Now here's, here's how selfish and how prideful the people had become. You, I don't know if you're like this, probably not. I've heard of some people being like this. I mean, certainly not me. But you know, there, there are some people in life who over the course of time become ungrateful and they easily forget all the good that's transpired in their lives. Again, I'm sure none of us in this room, but you know, there are others I've heard about. Like Israel in the days of Moses, delivered miraculously from slavery and literally within a relatively short period of time, they begin to grumble and complain. And they say things like this, true story, we would be better off as slaves back in Egypt. They're complaining against Moses because of the food conditions. God was actually miraculously feeding them manna, bread. Listen, it wasn't (laughs) Chick-fil-A, but it was food. It was provision. It was keeping them alive. They, They grew weary of it. They said, we want golden corral. You know, we want some variety. We want a chocolate fountain. And they begin to complain about the food. They begin to complain about their living conditions. They begin to complain about Moses and his leadership. And I mean, they just became a people of pride, a people of grumbling, a people who were ungrateful. I mean, by the way, these are the people that God miraculously delivered through the Red Sea on dry ground who for hundreds of years said, God, we will do anything if you'll just deliver us. And now here they are in a short period of time removed from his miraculous delivery saying, you know what, we'd be better off if we could just go back. Basically, Moses was driving a minivan on summer vacation with a bunch of toddlers in the back. Are we there yet? I'm hungry. I have to go to the bathroom. Some of you can relate to Moses. I mean, it's just this constant echo from the back of the van. They're fed up with their food. They're fed up with their leadership. They're fed up with their journey. They just wanna go back and become slaves again in Egypt. And so God allows some serpents to show up in their driveway. And God's gonna use these snakes to teach them a very valuable lesson about what it means to be someone who's humble and grateful for the good things that they have. And here's what happens. These serpents begin to grow in number. They begin to slither through all of the camps that were set up there among the people. I mean, just put yourself back in this situation, okay? Here they are camping out. They're, they're complaining. They're grumbling. Again, we'd be better off as slaves in Egypt. All this is going on. And then over the course of several days and weeks, there's an increasing number of snakes that show up. And people are laying down to go to bed at night. And from underneath their sleeping bag, there's this cobra that comes. They're sitting down to eat. And from 
underneath the table, a cobra appears. They're, they're walking on their journey and, and, and out from the rocks, a cobra appears. And over and over and over again, these snakes surface and they're biting the people. Their venom is poisonous and deadly. And over the course of these days and weeks, more and more people are getting sick. And now more and more people are dying. And Israel has a major snake problem. And all of a sudden, they're not so focused on their food or their travel conditions. Now there is sheer panic. And again, put yourself back there in their shoes for a moment. They've got loved ones who have been bitten and who are sick. They're paralyzed because of the venom and they're dying. I mean, they're talking to each other amongst the community members and they're saying, hey, yes, my relative, my child, my parent, my spouse, my friend, and they're all talking and there's just this growing number of people who realize they have a widespread major problem. They have an infestation of poisonous snakes. There, there are more and more people dying and now all of a sudden this becomes their sheer focus and, and, and some of them kind of wise up and they recognize, you know what, I think the Lord is allowing this and even driving this to, to, to remind us that we, we, we have been very prideful and ungrateful. And so they go to Moses and, and, and they, they, they say to Moses, okay, hey, listen, we have totally messed up. We, we see our sin. We see our pride. We see our lack of gratitude. Moses, as, as the one who kind of interceded before the people and the Lord, they say, Moses, would you just go to God and would you just ask him to give us freedom from these snakes? Would you ask him to bring us deliverance? Would you ask him to bring us healing? We don't know what else to do. And here's what God says to Moses. The Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake like the ones who are biting the people and attach it to a pole and all who are bitten will live if they simply Look at it. They look at it in faith. And so Moses made a snake out of bronze and he attached it to a pole and anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. Now, isn't that an interesting prescription? I can imagine some people are like, hold up. No, 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 we need an antidote. We need a pharmacist, right? Like, what are you talking about? We, we need to get our loved ones to the highest point where we are settling and look at this bronze serpent. What are you talking about? And I'm sure at the beginning there was some skepticism. Moses fashions this bronze serpent. He attaches it to a pole. He holds it up on the high ground. The elders... Right, these clan leaders go back to their communities. They say, hey, here's, here's what Moses has communicated to us. Here's what the Lord says. Bring your sick, bring those who are dying, look upon this bronze serpent, believe in the Lord, they'll be healed. And I'm sure some people are like, excuse me? But they do it. One by one, they come. They, they bring their sick. I can only imagine some of them are having to be carried because they are suffering from paralysis from the poison and they're very near death. Some of them can walk on their own. But you, could, you get the sense that one by one, people are saying, hey, come on. Look, look, no, 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 it healed my neighbor. No, 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 it healed my parent. No, it healed my child. Come on. This is what God has said. This is what Moses has told us is from the Lord. Come on. And so one by one, they begin to spread the word out through the communities and they're bringing all of the sick. And they're saying, look at the bronze. Look and live. And sure enough, over the course of the next several days, 
one by one, people are healed. And the snake problem is eradicated, and Israel moves on. But, but here's what we find when we kind of take a 30,000 view of this. We look back now over the course of human history. We have the benefit of looking at this historical event with some hindsight. Here's what we discover. God was doing something there with his people that's instructive for us. The ultimate purpose for which those things happened were actually, check this out, for you and me on this Easter weekend believe it or not. Because there are some things that were true of Israel that are also true of us. And what God was doing then has implications for what he's doing now. Like, let me give you an example. All of us are snake bitten and destined to die. All of us are snake bitten and destined to die. Now, not physically, right? Not physically, but, but here's the reality. Every single one of those Israelites who were healed by looking at the bronze serpent eventually died of natural causes. <laughs> They're no longer here. And there's a broader issue that we face in life, namely that all of us are facing death at some point in the future, no matter how it comes, hopefully not through a snake bite. But there is a sense, spiritually speaking, in which all of us are snake bitten and all of us are destined to die. And here's the reality. Every single one of us will live forever somewhere. Either in eternal glory with God or eternal judgment in hell. That's the reality. Ecclesiastes 3 says this, God has made everything beautiful for its own time and he has planted eternity in the human heart. Every single one of us today will live forever somewhere. Hebrews 9 says this, every single person is destined to die once and after that comes the judgment. You see, all of us, spiritually speaking, are snake bitten and all of us are destined to die. And also we see that the poison in our veins is the poison of pride. It's not a physical poison, right? It's, it's a spiritual poison. All of us will die because we are full of pride. This is why we face judgment. This is why we are separated from God. This is why there is brokenness in our world. Listen, Israel's community was broken and fractured not because of the snakes in their camp, but because of all the grumbling and the selfishness and the lack of gratitude that brought the snakes in to begin with. I don't know if you've noticed this, but our world's a little bit messed up. Now, not so much here in Florida. All right, that's why we're all happy to live in Florida, right? <laughs> Man, our world's so messed up right now. And um, if you were to do a kind of a deep dive into why our world is messed up, can I just boil it down into one word? Pride. We too so easily forget all the good that God has given to us. So many people fail to recognize the goodness of God in their lives. So many people fail to acknowledge God at all. Our world is characterized by greed, Envy, anger, 
slander, hatred, and murder. I mean, if you don't believe that this is the case, just create a social media account and you'll see. Our world is broken. Our world is full of evil and envy and slander and hatred. Families dealing with chaos, children dealing with identity crisis. We have governments that are just broken and not looking after the welfare of their people. I mean, we just live in a broken world. You say, why, pride? All of us are snake bitten and destined to die. And the poison that fills our veins is not a physical poison. It's a spiritual one. It's, it's pride. Boy, aren't you glad you came to church on Easter? Isn't this good news? I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, I went and bought brand new Easter dresses for my daughters. We come to church on Easter and you're talking about death and snakes. What kind of pastor gets up on Easter Sunday talking about snakes? I hear you. I know what you're thinking. Well, remember, this situation with Israel is ultimately about us. And, and, and you know what the most famous verse in all the Bible is? John 3.16. If you're new to the, to, to, to the Bible, you're new to church, John 3.16 is the verse that the guy holds up behind the field goal post on Sunday afternoons during football season. Okay, John 3.16. Can I just take you back to what Jesus said right before the most famous verse in all the Bible? Because you know what Jesus talked about? Snakes. You know what I think Jesus might be preaching about if he were here in person preaching on Easter Sunday? Snakes. And you want to see what Jesus said right before the most famous verse in all the Bible? Here's what he said. As Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Talking about himself, that's a messianic title. He says the Son of Man will be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Our world is broken. Our world is messed up. Our world spiritually is like the snake-bitten community of Israel. We have people so ungrateful, people just completely unaware of the goodness of God, people leaning into their pride, their anger, their hatred, their selfishness. We live in a broken world. And you ask today on this very special day, what is the solution to this brokenness? And listen to me carefully, the solution to this brokenness is not a human anecdote. It's not something your pharmacist can prescribe. The only solution to the brokenness of the world is the one who was set upon a Roman cross so that you can look and live. That's the only hope you have. That's our hope. That's why God had Moses fashion that bronze serpent on that pole as a foreshadowing of what he would do later in human history with his son who was set upon a Roman cross up on a hill 
so that all who look to him in saving faith will be healed. You can't cure the brokenness inside your soul. You can't cure the brokenness inside your life. You can't cure the brokenness in your family, the brokenness in your job, the brokenness in your community, but you can absolutely look to the external source of healing, who is Jesus, who died in your place, who took the wrath of God in your place, and who was raised up on that cross so that you could look to him in faith and forgiveness and live. And can I tell you why there's hope in Jesus today? Can I tell you why there's salvation in Jesus today? Because Jesus wasn't just lifted up on that cross. He was raised up from the tomb. You see, that's what we celebrate today. We celebrate a risen Savior lifted up on that cross, just as God told Moses to do with that bronze serpent. He said, this is what I'm going to do with my son. He was lifted up on that Roman cross. He took your place in judgment. He took your place to receive the wrath of God for your brokenness and mine. But he did not stay on that cross. He did not stay in that borrowed tomb. No, three days later, he was raised up, and now he is our conquering Savior and king and he through his power can save you from your sin from your brokenness he can give hope to you in your desperation he can bring healing to you in your spiritual sickness and he can give you eternal life this is what we celebrate today healing comes by faith to all who look to Jesus and after Jesus said to the world that as that serpent was raised up, I will be raised up. Here's what he said, the most famous verse in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's the hope that we have today. So let me ask you this, amen, that's right. That's the hope that we have today, praise the Lord. So how do you get this hope? How do you get this healing? You look and live. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And if you'll turn from your sin, you'll acknowledge your pride, this poison in your veins, and you'll look to Jesus for forgiveness and freedom and healing right now. Today, he will save you. He will welcome you into his family and his kingdom, and he will give you a hope that endures forever. That's what our world needs more than anything else. And so maybe you're here with us today and you've never trusted in Christ Maybe you came in the room today feeling the weight of the brokenness around you. I have good news for you. There is a way through that. Look and live. Look in saving faith to Jesus and live.